Welcome to the Prosperity Tips Podcast. Every week we interview people from all walks of life about entrepreneurship, leadership, and finance. Playing now in all major podcast streaming service. Hosted by the trainer of financial professionals, Sebastian Rodriguez and the Prosperity Leaders. Listen, watch, or read at prosperityleaders.net. All right, everybody, we are here with Omar Samaniego from Sioux City, Iowa. And today he's going to share a little bit about his background and how he got interested in saving money. And he's going to share some tips that are going to help you uh, build a better financial future. Welcome, Omar. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm good. Yourself? Very good. Very good. Awesome. Right now you're in Sioux City, Iowa. Yep. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Omar, for visiting us today. This is the first podcast that we're doing. We have other podcasts giving some financial tips, but where I bring somebody uh, that can give some tips and that I personally have met and I have seen uh, how they have grown with their, in terms of their personal finances. And I think that you're a great example for people uh, to see, especially millennials, but everybody else out there that wants to do better with their finances. Let's start with you. Uh, let us know a little bit more. What is your background? Where you're coming from? I, we already know that you live in Sioux City, Iowa. But tell me a little bit about yourself, Omar. Yes, well, thank you. I'm honored to be your first uh, guest on this podcast. I definitely feel like I want to give the most information I possibly can. And yeah, a little bit about myself. Like you said, I know I was born in Mexico. I grew up there for like maybe two, three years before my my parents immigrated to you know the United States. And yeah, when we came over, uh, we're in Nebraska. And I basically grew up in Nebraska for like five years. And then um, my parents, unfortunately, got divorced. One stayed in Nebraska and then the other one moved to Iowa. For my childhood, I kind of went back and forth. Some years I would be in Nebraska, some years I'd be in Iowa. And then eventually when I graduated, I stayed in Iowa. But Nebraska was right there. It wasn't too far of a drive for me. And I've been always interested in finance. And my family has always looked up to me for questions and just simple things that they've asked me for. Yeah, finances has definitely always been interest for me. Great. Now, right now you are a financial professional. You're building your own agency in, in Sioux City, Iowa. You're helping people with their personal finances. And tell, tell me a little bit about that experience, how you came out to get interested in the industry. No, yeah, definitely. I was introduced to the financial industry through a Facebook group that I was part of. And Jenny, your wife, uh, she reached out to me through a message that she had posted on the group. And basically, it was just showcasing the the things that she's been doing and the people that she's been able to work with. And it's actually a, a DACA-specific Facebook group. And like I said, I saw her posting that she was helping young financial professionals develop into be a, a coach for other people who want to learn about finances. And I've always been interested in finance. When I found out that this is actually a profession that you can go into, it definitely entertained me. And I reached out. We connected through a Zoom call. And the rest is history. Yes. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. And when I had the opportunity to first meet you, uh, Omar, uh, we did take a look at what were you doing in, with your own personal finances? 
And you already had a very good plan for your own personal future. Not only that, but I learned from you that you've been helping other people in your family uh, make better decisions with their finances. We're going to get into that in a little bit. But tell us about uh, your background before coming into the industry and becoming a financial professional. What were you doing? What, what was your work? Yeah, my background in terms of work-wise, it's pretty boring. When I was 16, I applied at McDonald's. And I just figured it would be a part-time job. I could have my own money. I don't have to ask my parents for money. And that's all I thought it was. I just thought, okay, I'll just work here for a couple months and then quit and go to school. Because I was still in high school. But I ended up liking the job. It was a very easy job to start. And I was enjoying the people I was working with. When school started, I still worked. But obviously, I was working part-time because I was in high school. And I ended up becoming a manager when I was 17. At 17, they asked me to be a manager, and I was in charge of a shift, which meant I was running the restaurant for that shift. And I kept doing that until I graduated high school, and then I just worked full-time. And I kept doing that, and then at 20 years old, I was asked to become a general manager in charge of the whole store. I took on that responsibility, and I did that for a couple of years. And then in 2015, I was asked to become a district manager. That just basically means now you're in charge of multiple restaurants. I did that for a couple of years. And then I was in charge of three, then four, and then five. And then at one point, I had six restaurants I was in charge of. It was a lot of work. And it was definitely a lot of commitment because I had to be in charge of multiple restaurants with multiple employees, multiple managers. I was always on call. I always had to be ready to answer the phone at any time, day or night. And the restaurants that are here in the city, they're open 24 hours. Sometimes you would get phone calls at one in the morning because something happens and you have to know what to do or you have to be able to show them what to do. It was a very high demanding job, but the compensation was, was well worth six figures. I was paid well for the job. But like I said, I had no freedom. <laughs> Even when I took vacation, I always had my phone ringing. It was a very high demanding job and I enjoyed it. I got a lot of knowledge of it. I was able to purchase my first home. Obviously, I was I was very well in terms of my financial aspect. I was able to save money on my Roth IRA. I was able to open up some brokerage accounts. I was definitely able to get ahead faster than if I would have that job where maybe I wouldn't have had the same opportunity. Yes, that sounds great. And um, it, it looks like you did a, a a lot of hard work, but you also did good work, uh, right? Because uh, you have a couple of promotions, you stay there, you stick to your job for a long term. So that's something great that I always look in people that are very successful. They are also they also have high work ethic, um, because as you say, if you stayed in a job that paid you less, uh, maybe you could have um, achieved some of the goals that you have achieved. However, sometimes this is something that people don't like to talk about, but I personally believe that the work that you that you have right now and the income that you earn right now, it's aligned with the level of work that you put in and the personal and professional growth that you have had. That's one of the things that I have seen in you. What, what do you think about that? Absolutely, because with um, the financial industry, there is no limit. In these type of um, opportunities, you help as many families as you're comfortable helping, and you're compensated well for that. 
versus having a regular job, you are told what you make, whether that's $10, $15, or if you're on a salary, you're told, okay, your salary is $40,000. So that's what you're worth. Versus when you are your own business, you have your own responsibilities, meaning you decide what you make. If you only want to make $30,000, well, that's fine. That's what you decide to make. But if you work a job where you have a potential of making more, well, again, only the person that controls your job decides if they want to pay you more. I definitely saw the value in being my own business owner and seeing that whatever I build is for me versus as much as I love my previous career, I was told what I was making or I was told what I was worth. And it might work for some, but I knew that I have more potential and I wanted to definitely have that opportunity for me to decide what I am worth. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm glad that you think that way. And I'm going to have to bring you back another time to talk specifically on that topic of entrepreneurship. Uh, but we're going to go ahead right now and and we're going to talk a little bit about personal finance. And I have a couple of uh, questions that I'd like to learn from you. And one of the things that I found is that all of our decisions that we make into our finances oftentimes have to do with something that has happened in our past, uh, whether it's a good decision or a wrong decision that we make. I just wanted to ask you first, what do you remember? Uh, when was the time or what happened that you got? really interested, really into taking care of your personal finances? Was it something that happened, something that you saw? What was your experience? So I didn't really start taking finances seriously until a tragedy happened. And I lost both of my parents in 2011, the same year. Not the same reason, but the same year that I lost both of my parents. And what I came to find out was if you're not prepared if you don't have a will, if you don't have life insurance, that can definitely cause a lot of issues, a lot of problems, a lot of headaches. And unfortunately, when I lost my parents, I was already over 18. I was 21 at that moment. And I realized that my two brothers that I had, they were left with basically nothing. And what ended up happening, their mother, my stepmother, obviously took responsibility for them, but they weren't prepared. They didn't have money to prepare or rely on. And so what ended up happening was my two brothers ended up moving in with me. And at the time, they were both 13 and 14 years old. And I went from having my own son to now I have my son plus two other people that depend on me. And so that put a lot of pressure on me to, okay, I need to get my own stuff. I need to have my own protection for my family in case, God forbid, something happens to me. Do I leave my family in the same condition or do I have life insurance to leave my family protected. And at the same time, I started thinking about my future, my retirement. Do I have? And a lot of things came up when that happened. And that's when my mindset changed. I never was the type to go out and waste my check on Friday and be broke by Monday. I, I wasn't like that. But at the same time, I wasn't saving either. I was spending my money on other things, buying things that I probably didn't really need versus putting some money away for my future, my retirement. So that's kind of how things started for me. Well, that must have been a, a tough situation. Um, and it's, it's, it's also, I believe, in a situation, tough situation happened like that. It had to do with your character that you have developed uh, because you could have taken the other way. I don't have my parents right now. I don't have not, nobody 
uh, to take care of me. And uh, that's some of the mentality, unfortunately, some people have. My parents didn't, weren't able to like leave something for me. I'm still working. I'm still doing good out there. Why am I going to have something for my children? They, they could do the same. If I die and I don't leave insurance, they could do the same. Well, it should be something that triggers us to say, hey, how can we do better? Um, unfortunately, most of our parents, for us immigrants, they didn't have access to the information that all of us, whether we're immigrants uh, or born here or anybody, we have access to a lot of information where we can prepare. I'm, I'm glad that, that you were able to have a shift to a positive direction to better your family's financial future. Let me ask you a question, Omar. In that process, or when it comes to your finances, have you ever received any help, whether from somebody, financial help, or anything like that? When it came to my own personal finances, I did a lot of the own research on my own. And what I mean by that was I would spend time online reading newspaper articles, blah, blah. Before all of that was popular, I would just look up. Another thing that I did was I would watch the financial people that at the time were giving advice. I was kind of getting some ideas of having an emergency fund or why it's important to save for your retirement. I didn't really ever reach out to a professional to teach me specific things individually. Great. So uh, that is very important. That, that's great that you had that initiative. And the great thing that is going on right now is that we do have a lot of information. There is a lot of information. Uh, I'm glad that you mentioned something, that you learned the concepts. Because since there's a lot of information, there's also a lot of misinformation. Uh, that's one of the things that I found out. And it's mainly because we can learn the concepts, but now we need to work into how we're going to use that concept. How does that apply to us? Uh, one of the things that I always see is that if you go to Google and type, is a 401k something good? You're going to get millions of hits of articles and even videos in YouTube why the 401k is a good choice, right? But you can also type, is a 401k a scam? And you will also find millions of articles telling you why it's a scam. But then people get confused, right? And they're like, okay, is it good or uh, Even the creator of the 401k, he wrote an article uh, that is called, I created a monster. And he gives certain reasons why 401k is not the best plan. Uh, but what I have found is that it depends on the person. And all of these things that are available out there, it depends on the situation of the person. For some people, it's going to be the right thing for other people might not be the right thing, might be other options, right? What do you think about, about that uh, when it comes to looking for information? What should people be looking for? No, I agree, absolutely. You're going to find whatever answer you're looking for on the internet, whether that's good or bad. Anytime you do research, you just have to be open-minded about what you're reading. Because again, if you believe everything you read on the internet, well, that's a big problem. You just have to be open-minded on what topic you want to learn more about. And don't just stick to one source. That's one thing I never did. I didn't just look up at one specific site. I would, I would look at 10 different sites. And then each article would have their opinion on the topic. And then I would form my own opinion on what I was looking for. And that way, whenever I decided to pull the trigger on an investment or 
things I wanted to do, I had different opinions of why it's important to open up a Roth IRA or why a Roth IRA versus a traditional IRA, the difference between both. Because again, to your point, everything has its pluses or minuses, but do you do your own research before you just do something? Or like nowadays, people watch a TikTok video and just assume that's what they should be doing. And that's not how it should be. You should definitely do your search. You should definitely understand what you're doing before you need something major when it comes to money. Yeah, definitely. Now, if you go back to to school, uh, what is something that you wish that they would have teach you in school about money, about finances, that you believe it could have helped you even better? Yeah, I think that's definitely a huge opportunity. It's, yeah, they offer some sort of financial course, but it's not something that I could say 100% is what you're going to do. Like, it's great that you can take accounting, but how many people are actually going to go into the accounting field? Or if you're taking a math class, probability. Well, again, same thing. How many people are actually going to use the probability concepts in their everyday life? In my opinion, we should be focusing on why it's important to learn how to balance a checkbook, something as simple as that. Why it's important to have a saving and what's the benefit of having a saving and credit cards. That's one thing that we don't get taught about. It's what credit cards can do, but at the same time, what can they do if used the wrong way? And it's just simple concepts like that about why things exist and what they're good for and what they're not good for. Yeah. Awesome. Definitely. One of the things that I'm seeing that I'm glad is that there's more and more states uh, and cities that are providing, uh, even whether it's just one class uh, of finances. It's still not there, uh, but I think that we're heading on the right track. And when it comes to saving money, when you started saving money, uh, what are some of the challenges that you encounter, say, trying to save money? At the beginning, I never kept my finances separate. And what I mean about that was like, I had my checking account, but that was it. I thought I didn't have a separate savings or I didn't have a different account where I could put my money. In. All my money was mixed up. It was hard for me to track like, okay, this, this amount of money is specifically for this or whatnot. Those are things I had to learn, you know, the hard way. Because again, if you see the money in your bank account, you're like, well, I can go buy this. Or I can go and spend money on something that I, again, I probably don't need. I learned that by having multiple accounts, multiple checking accounts or multiple banking accounts, I could keep my money separate. And then one of the benefits that, you know, the employer had was you could set direct deposits to multiple accounts. So that's what I did. I, that's what I did. I had a specific amount of money go to a savings account. Then I knew that every paycheck, this amount of money would go to the savings and I wouldn't have to think about it because it was already done. So whatever amount of money got paid to my checking account, I already knew that that was money for me to use to pay my mortgage, pay my you know bills and all that. But at the same time, I knew that some of my money was going into a separate savings that I was building for an emergency fund. And again, those are things that sometimes people don't think about doing because they don't know it's an option or they don't know how to start. So it's just things like that. Awesome. Great. I hope that everybody who is listening to this or is watching are taking some notes uh, because for me being in the, in the financial industry for so many years, Omar, uh, sometimes I, I feel like it's, it's common sense, but I do yep. meet with people oftentimes that they're not doing those things that for me are common sense, 
but I've been in this area uh, for over 14 years, right? And it's something that really helped. We're going to take a short break right now. And when we come back, we're going to uh, have Omar share a couple of more financial tips that you can apply to build a better financial future for yourself. Prosperity Leaders helps turn consumers into investors. Hundreds of financial professionals all across the nation make it their mission to educate their clients and communities. Visit prosperityleaders.net to learn, grow, and prosper. All right, we're back here with Prosperity Tips. We are with Omar, and he's going to be sharing some of the tips that can help you build a better financial future. The question is, what would you tell somebody who is young, there's somebody young listening to this conversation or watching, and they're just starting to earn income. They just got a new job or they're starting entrepreneurship. They don't know nothing about finances or don't know a lot. What would be some of the tips that you would advise them to do now that they're earning income? Yeah, there's lots of awesome tips. I think my my biggest tip I always try and tell people is always pay yourself first. And again, what that means is we have bills to pay. Yes, we have the house, rent, whatever. But if we're not paying ourselves first, then what are we going to do when we lose a job or we get hurt and now we can't work for a couple of weeks? Where, where are you going to get money from? And a lot of people think, oh, I can't save or I can't put any money away. Well, again, if you make it a habit, then you don't even notice you're doing it. And like I said before, my biggest tip is set up a direct deposit to a separate account. That's what I did. I, I opened up a whole new bank account. And when they asked me, do you want a debit card? I said, no. And I told them I don't want it because I don't need it. I didn't give them the reason. But for me, what that did was if I needed money from that account specifically, I would have to go directly to the bank and go and take out the money manually versus going to the ATM. And to me, that's more work. Again, I I knew that if I just kept that money there, it would grow. And I knew that every pay every paycheck, some of my paycheck would go to this account. And that took out the need of, oh, now I have to transfer from my check into my savings, or now I have to remember to put this to here. No, it was automatic. It took a big burden off my shoulders versus having to manually remember to, okay, now I got to put money here. Nope, it's automatic. So that's probably my biggest tip is pay yourself first. And when people say, well, how much? And again, that's depending on you. What's your goal? Is it to save for an emergency fund? Or let's say you have a goal of saving for a car. Well, same thing. Put your money in this account and don't touch it. Just let it grow. And that way, it just takes off the pressure of, I got to save money. But it's just automatic. So it's important to have a, a specific goal as well, right? Whether it's, you know, I'm going to save it for emergency or to buy a car. That's great. When you were talking about the a bank where you have to physically walk because it's harder and you're like, you think twice. I believe it helped because it's like that movie Karate Kid where the master is teaching karate to the kid, but he's teaching in, in a different way. Like 
put a, put a jacket on uh, or clean, uh, clean the car. And the kid doesn't know that he's building habits, building discipline that he's going to use when he's going to apply the, the karate moves. And the same thing happens with what you're talking about, building that discipline of waiting. That is very powerful because in, in order to make certain decisions, it's better that you think twice, that you wait, that you don't rush on doing something. Oh, I want to buy a car and you go. No, settle and plan it out. Think it twice because that's a, the mental toughness and you have to build it. And the way that you're talking about, that's a way to, to, to build it. That is very powerful. Now, yeah, um, what is a, a, a mistake that you have made when it comes to your personal finances, but that you learn from it? So a couple of things, because again, you learn as you go. Probably the biggest thing, and again, I'm not saying I'm perfect because I'm not, was probably spending money on cars. And for me, that now that I go back and think about it, it's like, oh my God, how much money did I waste on cars? Because I was the type that I wanted to have a nice car, which fine, but this was me just thinking I need to look like I have a nice car um, versus, well, what's the purpose of a car? Well, it's to get you to point A to point B. But the mistakes that I would make was I would purchase a car. I was paying it off every month, making my car payment. And then a year or two years would go by and I didn't like the car anymore or I got bored. So what would I do? Well, I went and I traded the car in. But what would happen most of the time was the car you had, it's worth less than what you owed. So the difference was now put onto your new car payment. So now I was paying for a car that's worth more. But at the same time, you have negative equity that was put onto that loan. Essentially, I was going into a bigger hole than getting out. And on top of that, my car payment was now higher because I was paying for a more expensive car. But at the same time, I was paying off the balance from the previous car. And it got bad to the point where there was a vehicle that I owned and my car payment was like, and I'm not, I'm not making this up. It was like almost $700. And it got to that point where I was like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing with myself? Because again, I, I started thinking like three years ago, you couldn't even afford probably a $300 payment. And now here you are with a $700 car payment for a car that's not even new. It was like two years old. And I was just like, nope, I can't do this. I ended up um, selling the car again. But this time I paid off the difference with the money I had saved, basically I was even. And instead, what, what my mindset was from here on out, if I buy a car, I'm going to buy a car that I can afford to pay off in either three years or less. Because the longer I keep the car, the longer I'm wasting my money versus if I would have put that same amount of money into like a Roth IRA, how much money could I have had saved by now? So that was probably my biggest mistake was Buying a vehicle that, A, I probably shouldn't have bought, and B, I probably didn't really need that much of a vehicle. Because, again, a car is the same thing. It's going to get you from point A to point B. And it's just a mindset of what kind of vehicle do you need versus want. Uh, that's powerful. Um, I believe right now, the don't know the exact number, but the 
the average car payment is about $580. There is a lot of people that commit that mistake. I was one of one of those as well um, that got a high car payment. And the biggest problem is that usually we commit those errors at the time that if we can afford it, but we're not planning ahead. What if there's an emergency? What if something comes up? Mm, so that's the biggest uh, problem that causes for people. Because if you're a millionaire, if you're rich already, hey, go and buy the car. And usually those people that are very rich do not own very expensive cars. Usually not everybody, because if that's the hobby, they probably do, right? Uh, but that's that's the bottom line. Is there any other mistakes that you try to avoid? Yeah, again, like I said, there's lots of examples that I can tell you from my own personal experience. And again, a lot of these things I learned the hard way. I learned that there's no shortcut. Probably the second biggest mistake, if not the biggest, was credit card. Because again, I wasn't aware of the the power of the interest rates that these credit cards have. And I would have four or five credit cards and I maxed them out because, oh, I'll just make the payment. I'll the minimum payment. Well, again, people don't know to read their statement and understand how the interest works. And I learned the hard way that, wow, yes, maybe my minimum payment was $50, but out of the $50, 35 was interest. And then the remaining $15 was for the principal. Same thing when I learned like, whoa, here I am paying the minimum, but my balance isn't going down. It's only going up even more because of the interest rate. That was probably another powerful moment for me to learn that credit cards can be very disastrous if you're not responsible. And same thing. I learned the hard way that I had to control my, my spending. I had to learn to stop using credit cards for a while because I was going into more debt than I was getting ahead. I learned that I had to live off just what's in my bank account. And if I don't have the money, then I can't spend it. And I did. I ended up paying off all my credit cards. Now I do use credit cards, but I know that I'm in control because I use them for the benefits that they can offer. But I would not recommend somebody use credit cards if they're not aware of their budget, if they're not aware of how their statements with credit cards work. Again, credit cards can be powerful for both ways. They can hurt you really fast or they can have benefits. There's credit cards out there that great benefits. You know, they can give you points, cash back, but you have to know the power of the credit card, good and bad. Well, and as I met you, uh, you even have shared with me some of those things that you have done with your credit card. I'm glad that you had those examples. You you learn from your mistake, but you turn it around because now you use credit to, to stay in hotels, to get free parking. I mean, things that I didn't even know uh, when it comes to, to credit cards. That's very important that, that you mentioned that and knowing like what's, what is your budget, you know, working from your budget uh, when it comes to your credit cards. So that's great. That's another topic that we're going to have to, you're going to have to come back and share those tips. But moving on, moving on, what would you tell somebody that says they're earning income, but they feel like they cannot save money and they are like, I don't make a lot of money. Uh, everything is very expensive, inflation, and I can't save any money. What would you tell somebody? Well, there's lots of different things that people can say in terms of, well, I can't save money because I only make $30,000 a year. Well, you don't have to make a lot of money to save. You just have to 
understand basic concepts of money, like money in, money out, meaning how much do you make versus how much do you spend? Because we all have to pay rent or mortgage. That's something we all have to pay unless your house is paid off. But that's probably not a lot of people. We all have to pay electricity. We all have to pay water. We all have to pay for groceries. Understanding what I have to pay every month versus what I choose to pay every month. Like you don't have to pay for Netflix. You don't have to pay for Amazon Prime. Those are things we choose to pay. So understanding what our needs are versus our wants. And once you understand that, then you can start making a budget to know, okay, if every month I have to spend $1,000 on my bills and I make $1,500, well, now you have a $500 budget to work with on saving for your retirement or splurging on something. Because again, everybody has goals. Everybody wants to save money for their retirement. But at the same time, you have to also have goals on how to have fun. Because again, it's not all about just save, save, save. You know, yeah, you should have some fun as well. But understanding how much you can put away to save for a family vacation or to take that road trip to visit some family or friends. Again, not just putting on a credit card because then you're going to come back to a big debt. Sometimes it is helpful to have a financial professional you can talk to about those things. Because again, that's somebody you can go to that has the experience has gone through the hardships or they've known the, the concept that people need to be aware of. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, and, uh, that's very powerful. I had a, a, a friend uh, at one point tell me that. And that's why you know, I always ask people, uh, what, are, what is your take on it? And I like that concept, money in, money out. And he actually, I wanted to help him hey, getting a, a, a financial plan and, and start saving money. But, he didn't want to do that. He was like, I'm making little money. I have too many expenses. I can't. When I make more money, I'll do it. And that actually happened later, like years later. He was promoted to a management position. And I see him. He's like very happy. I'm the manager right now of this company. I'm earning more of this money. I'm like, great. This is the time that you were waiting for when we talked before about your finances. Let's get together. He was like, yeah, no, but now I got a mortgage. And I, I got into a, a debt where I, I I took a loan for all the furniture of the house. And now I can't save any money. Yeah, that's powerful. It's it's important. If you can't save one dollar, how are you going to save a hundred or a thousand dollars? That's very important. Uh now Omar, I have learned that you have been a help to your family in terms of encouraging them to saving money or even helping them review their plans that they already have, even before you became a financial professional. But have you mostly, not just your family, but maybe through your surroundings, friends or, or acquaintance, have you mostly feel like you have been involved in, in an environment where people supported you in of saving money or was it more like an environment that it was an encouragement to spend money? What do, what do you feel, how you grow mostly? I think for me, like you said, my family would call me and ask me, hey, you know, what do you think I should do with this situation? So they would explain me the situation. And again, I tell them, well, this is what I would do. I'm not telling you do it, but if I were in your shoes, this is what I would do. And then I would think about it for my own self, like, wow, what if that was me. What would I do? And I, I, I probably agree with the advice I gave. Like sometimes I have family members ask me about their 401k, like, hey, what kind of 
option should I choose? And I'd be like, well, it just depends on where your goals are. But long-term savings, well, then pick a more aggressive portfolio versus a conservative. I'd explain the difference, not just tell them what to do. I'd explain why an aggressive portfolio versus a conservative portfolio and what the differences are. And then, again, go back to what their ultimate goal is. And I just tell them, hey, if I was in your shoes, this is what I do. Because again, at the same time, I'm not the one that's taking the risk. It's on them. But I would tell them, if this was me in your shoes, this is what I would have done. Going back to like the whole reading the credit card statement, I have family members who didn't know what interest rates were. Like they just thought it was just like maybe 5%. And I would be like, no, you need to look on your credit card statement because your credit card interest rate is is uh, variable, which basically means they can decide to raise it with no reason because they choose to. And again, those are all things that people don't know. They don't understand that credit card companies can raise your interest rate one day because the federal interest rate went up while the credit cards are going to go up too in terms of the interest. It's just examples like that that I learned over the course of time. And then same thing with my own examples. And I tell them, hey, these are the mistakes I did. And this is how I overcame those mistakes. And I think for me, by being able to help my family and friends, it's not just my family. I also have friends who would call me for advice or they would ask me for suggestions on a car like, hey, there's a car I really like. And I tell them, well, are you going to pay off your other car first or are you going to trade it in? And they'd be like, well, I'm going to trade it in. Then I give them my example of, well, this is what happened to me when I traded in my old car. All the money I still owe, they put in on the new loan. Now my new car payment was going to be much higher because now I'm paying off this car plus the old cars. Those are all examples that I use when I talk to my relatives and family and me and old friends about the mistakes I made and how I overcame them. Yeah, definitely great. And have you have you ever heard or is that is there any common like a comment or, or phrase that you have heard or do you believe that instead of empowering somebody to um to be better in their finances, do you think that you can keep it keep them down? Like sometimes in our communities there are some phrases like money is the root of all evil or anything like that? I mean, I don't have like a specific phrase that I go by. It's just, I think people, and it's not even related to money, but like garbage in, garbage out. And the way I learned that was whatever you put in your brain, that's what's sticking there, whether you want to believe it or not. So if you put garbage in your brain, that's what you're going to have in your brain. But if you put good information in your brain, then that's what you remember and that's what you're going to go off. And like I said, I learned both ways. I learned bad habits because I saw people doing this. I'm like, oh, I can do it too. And it, it didn't end up working out. So then I had to relearn. I had to relearn and change my mindset on why it's important to understand interest rates, principles of money, saving for retirement. It's just based on how you persuade your thoughts and what you think about money. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm glad that you had that. Uh, your own phrase that encourage you and that that is very important. I, I advise everybody to get that because sometimes in our community there are phrases that actually disempower us into doing things better. Anything like I'm poor but I am humble. Things like that. Like if being poor is equivalent to being humble which are two different things. You can be rich and be humble as well. It's very important that we, what do you say? Are we putting garbage in or are we letting other people put in our garbage in our heads? Uh, we have to 
be aware of that. As we wrap it up right now, Omar, I wanted to ask you, what is one goal that you have that you're saving for right now? For me personal, obviously my retirement, I don't want to work till I'm 65. That's Again, that's a mindset that we get told, like you have to work till you're 60, 65, whatever. And the reality is that's not true. There's people out there that retire in their 30s, 40s, 50s because they learn the concepts of saving for retirement. They learn the concepts of why it's important to pay yourself first. So for me, that's definitely my ultimate goal is to retire well before 60 and have a comfortable life. Because again, the goal is to let money work for us. Because if you have money invested in Roth IRAs, if you have a 401k through your employer, that's money that's essentially going to work for you. But you also need to work on disciplining yourself on why it's important to pay yourself first or saving for a goal and not just assume that the government's going to take care of us because the reality is nobody knows what's going to happen with that. You have to have your own goals to whether it's saving for retirement or saving for your first home. Same thing for me. Yes, I have a home right now, but I want to have a bigger home or I want to have a home in a nicer community. So that's always something I also want to have in in the near future is saving for a bigger home and maybe keeping my existing home as a rental property. There's lots of lots of goals I, I still have for myself. So yeah, you never want to stop um, having goals, dreams, have objectives you want to achieve. Great. Um, I'm glad that, that you mentioned that. So I found because you have a business and, and I most people that I have met in business, they don't think a lot about retirement and they don't think about financial independence. They just think about the business and how they're going to grow the business. And that's why the average business owner actually retires three to five years later than a person that stays in, uh, in an employment. Uh, but the reason is because they the money that they make from the business, they invest in the business because they're hoping to become millionaires and billionaires out of business instead of having multiple streams of income, having something on the side. They don't have saving accounts for the business and stuff like that. It's important to have different different goals as well and diversify uh, with what they're doing, saving, investing, and you have your own business as well. Now, Omar, if somebody wants to connect with you, they want to um, pick your brain, learn more about how you can help them create those financial plans. If they have a question, how can they contact you? Yeah, absolutely. I have social media outlets, Facebook. You can look me up, Omar Samaniego. And then I do have my last name, Samaniego Delgado. Just look for me on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, people can call me directly at my cell phone number, 712-635-2186. And like you said, I do have my own office here in Sioux City. If you live in the area, I have an office downtown Sioux City. It's located at 604th Street. In Sioux City, Iowa, like I said, I'm always open to have an open and honest conversation with anybody. Awesome. Great. I believe there's also a website, workwithomar.com. Yes, I just launched that website. Yeah, it's workwithomar.com. And basically, you can schedule a free, no commitment appointment. Like I said, we can definitely have a conversation about finances or anything you want to talk about. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Omar, for being here today being the first one in this podcast that I interview. And yeah, we're going to be connecting. We're going to be bringing you back for other tips. Definitely the part of credit and entrepreneurship 
uh, because there's a lot of things that I know that you have experience, you have grown experience, even when it comes to your financial professional background. I, I mean, since I met you, you were doing already all of that, what a financial profession, what a financial advisor do for your own family, for your own family, right? And uh, you you have been one of the fastest financial professionals grown a brokerage office there in Iowa. And with the company that you are contracted with, you are, I believe you are the only one office there in the whole state of Iowa. So I want to congratulate you for that as well and all your successes to you and your family. And thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, everybody. So there's Omar. Contact him if you want to have any questions about your personal finance, entrepreneurship. Uh, you want to build a better financial future. And thank you for joining us today. Make sure you follow, you share this podcast, this video uh, with your friends, social media, and have a great week. Prosperity Tips is brought to you by Prosperity Leaders. Learn more at prosperityleaders.net. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe for future Prosperity Tips.